Welcome to Intergenerational Politics with Jill Weinbanks and Victor Shi, where we host weekly political discussions that are engaging and relevant to all generations. As always, we want to thank you for listening to Intergenerational Politics. If you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts to support future episodes. And we also have a website, intergenerationalpolitics.com. My name is Victor Shi. I'll be an incoming freshman at UCLA next year, also the proud co-host of this podcast with Jill. And I'm Jill Weinbanks, the author of The Watergate Girl, about my experiences during the Watergate trial as the only woman on the trial team and some of my other jobs after that. Uh, I'm also an MSNBC contributor and very excited to be hosting this podcast with Victor and our special guest tonight. Yeah, so tonight is the moment that we've all been waiting for, um, and we're all stressed, we're all anxious. So we have with us Molly Jong Fast, who is a senior editor um, at the Daily Beast, um, and we are so excited to have you. For so first, thank you so much for being here on, especially on such short notice. Well, thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to get to do it. I'm glad to not be watching the exit poll. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like we all are. So you know, it's been a long and tiring campaign so far. Luckily for us, uh, hopefully, luckily, um, election day is here. You know, you've been covering the race, been writing for the Daily Beast. You know, how are you holding up during the stress? Um, what are you doing to cope with that? You know, I did. I mean, it's hard. I think it's really hard. And this is like not a normal election. It's not like Mitt Romney is going to be president if the Democrat doesn't win. Mm -hmm. It's like this lunatic who has no plan for the country. I also think it's just, it's hard to watch people get so tricked again. You know, I was watching some interviews with voters and and you know, you there are people who believe Trump still after all this time. And it's kind of shocking. So, um, you know, I'm I'm concerned. And we just saw basically that Florida is going to go for Trump, which is really pretty scary. And, you know, I, I it's hard. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't think you want to stay sane when things are crazy. Like, I think you want to be, you know, where the world is. Yeah, for sure. We are definitely all extremely anxious. I know, I, I don't think I have ever felt this level of anxiety. Um, never, ever have I felt this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm just wondering from you know your expert viewpoint, what are you looking for in the results so far? And what are you expecting in the next few hours uh, that might give us some predictive value about how the overall election is gonna turn out? Well, if Biden wins North Carolina or Georgia or Florida, it's over, right? If he wins any of those three states, because it shows, right, that the rest, it's, you know, those are states that should not be going to Biden. I mean, except with the exception of Florida. So uh, if he wins North Carolina, I don't think he's going to win Georgia, but I think he might win North Carolina. If he wins North Carolina, that's a big deal. Um, if Jamie Harrison wins South Carolina, again, I think it's a long shot, but if that happens, that's a big deal. Um, so we'll see that if Joni Ernst loses her seat to Teresa Greenfield in Iowa, that will be, you know, there's, you know, it's, I mean, what I think we're seeing and what I saw in Florida earlier when we was watching Kornacki go through the 
big board was that um, Biden is overperforming in the white suburbs, right? The reason why he's losing Florida is because he lost with the Cubans, right? That Trump was able to get out this message that, you know, Democrats are communists or whatever. And that speaks to these Cuban voters because they've lived, they lived under Castro, who has been dead for five years, but whatever. So um, I think that certainly Biden is overperforming Hillary in those white suburbs. If that continues to hold, I think you'll see him be able to deliver a North Carolina and a win. Because remember, Hillary didn't lose by a lot. She just lost by a little. Um, so I think, I think, I still think Biden's going to win. But whether or not he wins, Trump knows he's not going to win outright. Trump is preparing to steal it. So whether we have the fight of our lives for the next couple months, I mean, certainly possible. And I hope Democrats won't do what they did in 2000. Yes. I hope they'll fight. I, I think the legal stuff is continuing. The U.S. Postal Service missed the deadline set by Judge Sullivan. Right. Uh, they are holding on to a lot of mail-in ballots. They are sitting in post offices. Yeah. And I don't think that's an accident. You no. have Trump and his postmaster general who made a, a real effort to interfere with the election by interfering with the post yeah. office. Last yeah. election, we worried about Russians. This time I'm worried about domestic terrorism and the administration interfering with our election. So do you have any sense of what time we might be able to take a deep breath and say we have enough results to know the outcome one way or the other? Um, if Biden wins North Carolina, I will feel really good. And I will be like, this is, you know, uh, if Biden loses North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida, we're up until, look, if, you know, right now, Texas is in play. If Biden wins Texas, if Biden wins, uh, I mean, there are a number of states that will, you know, if he wins Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, and if he wins Ohio, it's over. I mean, yeah. there are certain, right? So I just think we're just going to have to, we may not know exactly when I hope that he'll sort of run, you know, that he'll, it's really hard. I mean, we just have to see what happens. But yeah, I mean, it's really stressful. I, I, it is stressful. And uh, my husband is a Zen Buddhist. And I think I may have to take some meditation lessons from him pretty soon in order to try and calm my nerves. Um, and I know I, this I, isn't supposed to help, but um, Marjorie, um, uh, yeah, Marjorie Green. just, yeah, the QAnon conspiracy, um, she, she just won her seat as well. And Mitch McConnell, um, is holding on to his seat as well. Um, I think there was a prediction just now saying that Mitch McConnell wins re-election. So, yeah. um, it's definitely, I think Jill is right. I think we're all going to need some meditation going right. forward. This is, although um, I think we all have to take yeah. a deep breath and say, until all the votes are counted, right. Let's not mm -hmm. call this. Um, you know, it's not just a question of the early voting in person. It's the mail-in ballots. We don't mm -hmm. know what percentage of those are for one candidate or the other. And I think we shouldn't, yeah, I, I'm surprised they're predicting this early, to be honest with you, because I think there's too many um, votes that have not yet be counted. I'm, my 
pin tonight is count every vote. And that means you have to wait until they can be counted. And there are many states where the mail-in ballots cannot be counted until long after the polls close. So it would be wrong to get upset with what we're seeing right now, I think. Um, and I think, so one question though is, do you see a difference between the polls in 2016 and the reliability of the polls this time? Supposedly they corrected their errors and could better predict, but they still uh, seem to not be quite on target. Well, we haven't, the Florida polling, we, we knew Biden was probably gonna lose Florida. So that was very tight. And we, and my podcast partner, Rick Wilson always says like, if you're not ahead by 10 in Florida, you're not winning Florida. There's so much fuckery. So that is not a big surprise. And that's really the only state that's where we've seen them be off so far. I mean, everywhere else is, we haven't seen yet. So uh, I don't, that I think, you know, let's see what happens. I mean, right now, you know, if he underperforms in North Carolina, North, I mean, if he underperforms in North Carolina and Georgia, then we can have like the conversation about the polls being off. I, I, I think, um, you know, there's so much turnout this time that that has ma that's made it harder to predict the polling. But um, I still think it's too early to really know how it's going to go. Well, I think you're giving me some comfort, so I will take that and I, I'll. Hold on to that for the immediate future. Yeah, I mean, in terms of comfort, um, you know, with the early vote, we saw massive turnout, not just from um, Jill's generation, but also from my generation, which is, yeah. you know, really inspiring. But um, just so with the early vote turnout, do you think that the um, actual in-person turnout today on Election Day um, matches that? Or what have you been hearing or seeing in terms of um, the vote turnout as it compares to the early vote turnout today? Uh, I think that, um, I think that, the early, it's huge, the turnout is huge. There's gonna be huge turnout, which is why some polls might be uh, might be wrong. Cause already there's already, you know, we're on track to have one of the largest elections ever. Yeah. It's hard for me to imagine that we're gonna have this huge election of people wanting to keep the guy who killed all the people in office. Like the math on that just doesn't make any sense to me. But who, I mean, he is nothing if not a Svengali. And so maybe he's convinced people that his not doing anything for COVID is somehow some brilliant 16 dimensional chess strategy. So I don't know, but it does strike me as, as sort of strange. I also think the thing that I've seen that comforts me a little bit is all, his overperforming in those suburbs in Florida. Hmm. Those because, are yeah. yeah. That that's what and people who I've read who are smart pollsters all said like look for him to overperform in the white suburbs. That if that is where he's going to pick up. So we'll see. You know. Yeah. What What do you think in terms of voting reform? I mean, we're now seeing clear voter suppression tactics. Yeah. Um, we've seen people. Well, just this post office thing is is a major threat to democracy mm -hmm. if, if the post office doesn't deliver the ballots. And yeah. then if they are ordered by a court to deliver them and they ignore the court. Um, ignoring yeah. the court is a fundamental end of democracy. So what kind of reforms do you think we might be seeing or that 
if there is a new administration, should be top of the list of things that the Biden administration, if there is one, should be looking at? I think they first have to start with coronavirus, right? That's yep. number one. And then, because we need, I mean, just the machinations that are going to be necessary in order to roll out a vaccine are going to be nuts, right? So that's something they absolutely need to focus on. But yeah, I mean, a voter rights act, they, you know, Mitch McConnell didn't ever pass, um, you know, a, a slim add on for the UPS funding. So USPS funding. So it's being, it's being run in this very shoddy way in order to help Postmaster DeJoy suppress the mail. So yeah, I mean, I think there are a number of things that need to be addressed in the John Lewis Voting Rights Act and the Violence Against Women Act, which has expired. And the, I mean, there's like so much to do. The question is, will we get to do it? You know, and I yeah. think that's the question. Right. There's, I have a long list of other things not voting necessarily related equal rights amendment, yeah. rebalancing the Supreme Court. Yeah. There's a whole lot of things that I can see, uh, but I think you're right. We have to solve COVID and develop a vaccine and have a plan to distribute it in a fair and uh, healthy way before we can solve any of the other problems, including the economy that needs some attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. much much work to be done. Um, yeah. I, so Molly, you mentioned this um during the podcast, but I forgot to mention it in the intro. Um, you work extensively uh, with Rick Wilson. Um, you guys do this podcast together, yeah. um, called the New Abnormal, and you are also an advisor for uh, the Lincoln Project. Um, you know, so much attention has been given to the Lincoln Project because of its wonderful ads. We've seen the Lincoln Project really front and center, uh, to try to convince Republicans to turn to uh, support Joe Biden. So. After this election, what, what can we expect from the Lincoln Project? I know you've been advising them. Um, anything uh, spicy in the mix um, that we can see Rick Wilson, Steve Schmidt, and the Lincoln Project crew uh, boil up after Election Day? Well, I mean, I think if Biden wins, I think they will go for those. Uh, they're probably going to be three Senate runoff races, hopefully. Um, so the, it's likely those two Georgia races will go to a runoff. And it's likely that um, the Louisiana race will go to runoff. So that I think they'll focus on those three. But I think, you know, if Biden wins, I think they're still gonna have to make sure that Trump leaves, right? I mean, this is not like a normal president. This is not like a normal election cycle. So if this happens, we're still gonna have uh, a lot of issues there. It's not great, it's not great. Yeah. I must say that's one area that I actually, of all my worries today, and I have plenty, I don't worry about his actually leaving. I think he'll make an ugly scene. Right. I don't think he'll be graceful. I don't think he'll be polite, but I just, I cannot in my wildest dreams imagine that he would outright refuse to leave. Um, and I do believe we're going to be in the court's the next quite a little while resolving some of these issues and deciding what votes get counted, which should never be a question in a democracy. All votes should be counted and voting should be made easier, not harder. So we're just going to have to hold our breath and see. Um, I, I'm, I'm planning on staying up quite late tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll, we'll see. I may try to sleep in in the morning, but 
Um, I went to bed four years ago, hoping that I would wake up to a different result. And I know that sounds insane, but I just hoped that something would change as I slept. Unfortunately, it yeah. didn't. When I went to bed, the result was the same in the morning. And yeah. I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping I'll go to bed with good results tonight. Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel yeah. like today is a lucky day and yeah. hopefully that will be true. For sure. Yeah. Um, we know that your time is limited, but um, so as we you know, finish this election, so much time has been spent on you know, worrying about, about Donald Trump, worrying about Joe Biden. What are you looking forward to the most after this election? Um, <laughs> just nothing related to this election. Uh, I want to see a Democrat. Well, uh, no, not related to this election. Just like vaccine. You know, I'm looking forward to a vaccinated public so we can go places and do things again. Yeah. That's my yeah. next excitement is a vaccine. So it, yeah. would, be, it would be quite remarkable. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we have so many opportunities in this country and we need to get the vaccine so that we can go back to life. I mean, it's yeah. things that we used to just take for granted, we can't do anymore. I mean, just going to a movie theater, going yeah. to a restaurant, things I really miss, just being able to stop by a neighbor's, say hello, um, are things you can't do. And so I, I hope you're right. I hope yeah. we have a, a fast vaccine and that it's a safe vaccine and an effective vaccine. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Molly. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of thank course. Thank you. you. And say hi to Rick for us. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thanks. Thank right. you. Bye. Okay. Bye. 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 We hope you enjoyed this episode of Intergenerational Politics. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to support future episodes. Thanks so much. See you in our next episode.